beer again. This is a simple podcast about using intellectual logic and simple spiritual discernment to understand spiritual truth. It seems the more I look at and study God's word, the more I see that the Lord expects his children to intellectually study and figure out many of the truths written in it. Christ rebuked people for being able to discern the weather, but not the things of the Lord. See, the Lord wrote this book on about a 10th grade level, people. We don't need to be nuclear scientists to figure it out. Christ shared some Bible verses with some Jewish religious leaders, and he told them to go learn what I just shared with you. He also said, take my yoke upon you and learn from my ways. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The English word learn is the Greek word methano. It means to learn, to be taught, to learn by practice or experience, to acquire a custom or a habit. Now, I am not going to go into a long, drawn-out discussion on why it is obvious that God's children should be able to figure out the church doctrinal truths from the Scriptures. Brethren, a person does not have to be a Bible scholar to be able to read and understand simple, basic truths like God wants us to love our enemies and not hate them. Christian husbands are to love their wives like Christ loved the church. The Lord is pleased with a cheerful giver. Come on, stick with me here. This isn't that difficult. I do not have to be saved or born again or have the Holy Spirit tell me that the Bible says that adultery and drunkenness and gossip and hate and jealousy are sin. I can read that for myself. As I see it, the issue with God's people being pretty much ignorant of the sound doctrines of the scriptures is a human problem and not a God problem. It's not a Holy Spirit problem. You see, as much as the Lord loves his children, he will not enlighten those who choose to be spiritually lazy or biblically stupid. The concept that the Holy Spirit is going to supernaturally plant the truths of scriptures into the minds of all of God's people is obviously not true. Since many in the church lack even a simple knowledge and understanding of some basic doctrinal truths. Over the years, I have met thousands of dedicated church-going believers, many who have attended a church for years and years, who simply do not know the truths of God's word. They just can't explain stuff. They can't explain doctrine. They can't explain sound teaching. All these veteran churchgoers know how to put on a Sunday morning church show, but teach God's word? That's not going to happen. Not to be blasphemous, But if it is solely the Holy Spirit's responsibility to teach God's children biblical truth, he is not doing a very good job. I say this sarcastically because I know it is not just the Holy Spirit's job to teach God's word to God's people. The Lord has established gifted men in the church, i.e. gifted teachers, prophets, pastors, and evangelists, men who should know their scriptures so that they can teach them to the sheep. Now, Even with that said, though, I also believe that if a man or woman of God who is not gifted as a teacher, but who truly desires to learn the truths of God's word, will. Will learn the amazing truths of God's word. So long as the believer is genuinely willing to put some serious effort into studying and learning, and contrary to what many of you are told, good old common sense, goes a long way in understanding many of the truths of God's word. Yeah, there are deeper things of God that we need the Holy Spirit to help us with. 
And we need to have God's word to tell us those things that are sinful and those things that are not. The Apostle Paul said, I wouldn't have known that coveting was a sin unless the law taught me it was. So there are things that we learn from the scriptures, but understanding the stories and some of the parables and the teachings of the scriptures uh, doesn't mean you have to be a Bible scholar, saints. Come on, let's think about this. I learned a lot of stuff as a lost, unsaved Catholic being taught by lost, unsaved people things about the scriptures that were true. And brethren, having our faith strengthened about the truths of God's word is not limited to just the words written in the scriptures. Hermeneutics is a fancy word for studying and learning God's word through self-educating, which comes about because of a logical comprehension and understanding of the written word. This is a fancy way of saying if your brain has the ability to understand what you are reading, you will learn stuff. Remember how you educated yourself as a student in school? At least some of you. The more you studied, the smarter you got. And a good logical understanding of things like historical facts, grammatical rules and regulations, languages, societal traditions, scientific facts, etc. all play a part in not only making you smarter, they help give a believer a better understanding of the truths of God's word. My faith was strengthened when I understood the lies and deception of the evolutionary teachings. Using my logical, God-created brain, I learned a lot about the lies of evolution by reading about the scientific facts about creationism. A lot of that stuff that I learned was outside of scriptures, but it still pointed to a creator and it strengthened my faith. But I had to use my brain to understand those scientific facts. Many unsaved people have come to the Lord knowing that the lies of evolution were science fiction and not science facts. Now, for many of you, the, the laws of grammar are going to be way over your head. A lot of them use their laws of grammar, not even knowing what you're doing, but they're essential in understanding the proper meaning and definition of words. And the grammatical rules and laws of the Greek language are essential if you want to understand biblical truth. I know a lot of you people have a problem with that, but that's a fact. Take it or leave it. And sitting down and reading your English written Bible is good, but you will never find many of the truths of scriptures without knowing the meanings of some Greek and Hebrew words. Here's an example of what I mean. In our English Bible, we read the word baptize or baptism, and the first thing that comes to our mind is water baptism. In the Greek language, the meaning of the word baptizo has nothing to do with water. Baptizo is the Greek transliterated word that we use for baptism. A transliterated word is not a definition of a word. A transliterated word is simply the acronym form of a word or the literal spelling form, letter by letter, of a word carried from one language to another. So a transliterated word does not explain its true meaning. The actual definition of the Greek word baptizo always means immersion or to submerse or to stain. It never means anything other than that. Now, the Greek word baptizo can apply to a water baptism if that baptism is an immersion baptism. This is why a baptism by sprinkling is not literally a Greek word baptism. Now, the meaning of the Greek word baptizo can also be applied to any practice where something or someone is immersed into something. So this immersion can mean anything from a teaching to a death. 
Christ used the word baptizo when he talked about his death. The death he was going to go through at Calvary. Luke 12, 50. I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how great is my distress until it is accomplished. In this verse, Christ is saying that he's going to be totally immersed or baptized into death, which he was. Another quick example of that is when Peter asked Christ who was going to betray him. He says, I'll let you know who it is. It's the one that I that I dipped the morsel in and give to. So when Christ did that, he dipped the morsel. He took it and gave it to Judas. And Peter recognized what he was doing. The word dip or the word dipped, like dipped the morsel, is the word baptizo. It means to be immersed. And a good understanding of the laws of grammar is also essential for learning the deeper things of God. Brethren, you must be able to comprehend the logical order of words if you are ever going to learn God's word. If you are an admitted grammatical dimwit, which many are, you have to get yourself under the teaching of someone who is not a grammatical dimwit if you want to get sound doctrine taught to you. Brethren, the meaning and understanding of words is essential in learning God's truths. Again, as I share quite often in these podcasts, the Holy Spirit does not do grammar. He does not do history. He does not do science. And if you're in a fellowship where the leaders tell you that everything comes from the Spirit, all knowledge, all wisdom, all insight, you are being deceived. Historical knowledge is also a great tool for learning God's truths. A knowledge of true historical facts will reveal to you that the words Jesus and Jehovah are not biblical. They're in a lot of Bibles, aren't they, brethren? But they are words that were made up. History proves that the two names that are used quite often for the Lord were not inspired by God, but were made up by men. So historical facts will prove to you, if you're really interested in truth, it will prove to you that the word Jesus and the word Jehovah are not biblical. They're not God's truths. They're the writing and the teaching and the ways of men. Brethren, the ability to read and logically and intellectually discern, i.e. comprehend the, the words or sentences or paragraphs or entire chapters of the Bible is absolutely essential if one truly wants to know God's word better. And the Lord expects us to do that. The writer of the book of Hebrews soundly rebukes the carnal believers who chose to remain baby believers. The writer said, concerning him, we have much to say, but it is hard to explain to you because you have become dull of hearing. For by this time you ought to be teachers. But yet, you know what? You need somebody to teach you all over again. And you're still just on mommy's milk. So you're not able to digest the meat and potatoes of the deeper things of God's word. Notice that the writer does not rebuke the Holy Spirit for doing a lousy job with these baby believers. The writer of this book put all the responsibility of the carnal immaturity of these believers on the believer. The writer of the book of Hebrews expected these believers to intellectually be able to figure out, understand, and be able to teach the truths of God's word. Again, these Christians weren't baby Christians because the Holy Spirit did a lousy job. They were baby Christians because they chose not to grow up. The Apostle Paul saw this happening back in his day. In Acts chapter 20, he warned the elders to be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, 
to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among the flock and not spare the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. And what is the only way we're going to know if men are teaching perverse, distorted things from scriptures? To know our Bible. And how are believers going to guard against that happening to them? 2 Timothy 2.13, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. If you're having a hard time understanding God's word, please get yourself under a man or woman of God who knows their scriptures. Quit listening to your buddies, your friends, your emotions. Just don't go to church because you feel good. You want to know what the word teaches If you can't figure it out, get under somebody that can help you learn it. So, brethren, put on your thinking caps. Don't you think that if it was entirely the Holy Spirit's job to teach all of God's people the truths of God's word, that everyone in the church would be unified in the depth, knowledge, and understanding of God's word? And do you see that happening in the church you're in? Do you see that happening anywhere around? Not too often, do you? So, again, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe that doing church sacraments like water, baptism, and communion do not help to get us to heaven? Where did you learn that? Or maybe you do believe that obeying church sacraments help to get you to heaven. Why do you believe that Christ was resurrected from the dead? Was it because someone told you he did that? Or do you believe that because you read it in the scriptures? I hope and pray that you do believe what you believe because you read it in the scriptures and not because you were listening to the words of your buddy or your friend or somebody who has a title pastor. You see, that's the main issue with God's people today. They do not believe stuff because they read it in the scriptures. Most Christians believe stuff because someone told them to believe it. And the problem with believing things because someone told you to believe it is that your belief is not based on a conviction, but hearsay. You know, when I was a child, I believed in Santa Claus and Easter Bunny and a Tooth Fairy. Do you know why I believed those things? I once believed those things because I believed what I was told was true. Do you learn what you believe from someone you know who knows their scriptures? Or do you believe what you believe because of your emotions? When I was a born-again, blood-bought believer way back in 1980, that born-again experience did not happen because of the words of a person. My born-again faith was a result of me looking into God's word in order to verify that what I was told about Christ was true. The only reason I believe what I believe about Christ to be true is because I found the truths of Christ in the scriptures. It is really sad that so many in the church would allow themselves to believe stuff that they know is not true, that they can't even verify. They can't show you in the scriptures. A simple but obvious example of all this is all the believers who are caught up in believing in signs and wonders. Brethren, where on planet Earth do you see those amazing apostolic-like signs and wonders going on? It's a simple question with an obvious answer. It is not going on anywhere on this entire planet, and yet thousands upon thousands of believers believe it is. Go figure. I know, I know. Many of you are already screaming, I'm a heretic. Candy, Doug, and Mark, you know that what I'm saying is absolutely true, and yet you continue to be under the leadership of men who are deceiving you. Your leaders say, 
Everyone knows that humans cannot think for themselves when it comes to biblical truth. I say, brethren, it should scare the bejeebies out of you knowing that there are actually believers in the body of Christ who think or teach this way. This, is, this thinking is similar to what the Catholic religion says when it tells mere mortals, that's non-clergy Catholic people, that there is no way that they can understand the scriptures without the Catholic clergy supposed divine interpretation skills. Brethren, don't you find it scary to think that the church is loaded with people who do not know their scriptures, and yet they think the Lord, i.e. the Holy Spirit, is filling their minds with all kinds of subliminal messages in the middle of the night. So many people in the church do not have a biblical clue on why they believe what they believe, and yet these same people hang on to their beliefs like someone hanging on to the edge of a cliff. Some of the stuff I'm reading here is from a guy named Robert Juno. Please pay attention. I've included a lot of my own thoughts into his thoughts. Believing in whatever we want to believe is a unique feature of how God created us. This feature is intrinsically tied to our free will. Intrinsically means just naturally. It comes natural. It's part of who we are, what we are. Even in cultures that attempt to force their religion upon others, deep down inside... One's mind, a person can still defy their oppressors and believe whatever he or she wills to believe. That means, so that means that you can say you believe one way with your lips, but deep inside your soul, you know you do not believe that way. It'd be like if somebody told you to denounce Christ. You could say that with your lips, but your mind doesn't mean that. The fact that God made us this way says a lot about how much God wants to have a relationship with his creation, because faith is the very channel by which we enter into and maintain our relationship with God. Many people have acknowledged that they have entered into a relationship with God by faith, but how do you who say you believe maintain a walking relationship with God through faith? Lip service is not what the Lord is seeking from his children. It comes through doing what you believe. Christ said, why do you call me Lord and not do as I say? You see, the Lord recognized that there were a lot of people around him who said with their lips that they believed in him, and yet their words and actions proved otherwise. Here's a side note. The only thing that makes it possible to bring someone into a relationship with God is to have true salvation faith in Christ Jesus. Many people in the world sincerely believe with their feelings that they have a relationship with the Creator God, and yet they, they do not know Christ. And yet there's many who do know Christ, but are not having a walking, living, obedient relationship with the Lord because they're not doing what He says. And although it is critical that we believe what the Bible says about Christ, it is just as critical to our faith to do as Christ says. Now listen carefully. We can only truly and accurately believe something about Christ if we learn it through the scriptures. True faith isn't something emotional. True faith isn't something made up by men. True faith isn't what feels right or seems right. It's what the Bible says. True faith comes from the scriptures. Do not trust anything people tell you about Christ if what they tell you is not in God's word. The only reason we know anything about Christ is because of what God has told us about him in the Bible. Are you getting this? The only reason we know anything about Christ is because of what God has said about him in the Bible. Brethren, there are no supernatural, mystical, evangelistic visits in the night from an angel 
or the Holy Spirit telling you new revelations about who Christ is. Our saving faith and our walking faith must come from a knowledge and understanding of God's written word. Now, the Holy Spirit will most definitely open the eyes of the seeking lost person to the things of the Lord. However, those things or those truths of the Lord will always come from the scriptures. Brethren, right now in the church age, God's truths are limited to his word. So everything you believe about Christ for salvation or about Christ for walking by faith must line up with God's word. And everything we need to know about walking righteously with our Savior must come out of the scriptures. People, you can't make it up as you go along. And the best intentions are not going to be pleasing to the Lord. You need to do what the book says. Otherwise, you're adding or taking away from scriptures. Brethren, if you're trying to do things that are not in the Bible to please the Lord, you are either deceived or misled. You are not walking by faith when you do what you think is right in your own eyes. This world is loaded with people who are doing stuff that they're told to do that doesn't line up with scriptures. Lost people or saved people, either way, the church is a mess and the fake church is a mess. Millions upon millions of people believe that they must keep, let's say, church sacraments in order to get to heaven. And yet, you know what? The Bible doesn't say that. Yet millions and millions of people obey that. In the church, we get thousands upon thousands of believers who teach, oh, if you drink alcohol, if you smoke cigarettes, if you gamble, you're going to hell. Saints, the Bible doesn't teach that. You're adding to the scriptures. You're not walking by faith. The Bible tells us all the logical, practical facts about Christ and what he did for us. After those facts have been revealed to us, we now have the opportunity to respond to this biblical message of salvation and believe it. This is what it means to have faith in Christ. And once we read the Bible and read all the commandments and then we do what it says, this is what it means to be walking by faith. The God of the Bible tells his children, please walk by faith, do what I command you, and then you and I can have this amazing relationship. And this is where a lot of believers fall short in their continued walk of faith. You see, it is not enough to please the Father to simply get born again at some point in your life. After all, getting saved or born again was easy. Christ did all the hard work to make that opportunity available. Our Heavenly Father did not go through the whole cavalry process just to make a bunch of heavenly children who could lounge around the pool all day. The Lord seeks in us the same type of relationship that he had with Adam and Eve before sin happened. The good Lord created us for his pleasure. So he went through all that pain and suffering at Calvary so he could raise up a new group of heavenly children who would choose to serve and obey him. So I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to finish this on the second part again. Just stay in the word, stay focused. Know that word inside and out, upside and down, because there's a world full of deceivers out there. This is your friend in Christ who speaks the truth and love, Brother Bob. Robob for him at gmail.com.